Welcome, Dylan, to Mad Dog Vashon's very own episode of The Wrestler Review. I'm Dylan Luna Vashon, uh, and that is your co-host, Dylan uh, Paul the Butcher Vashon Hastings. There you go. I'm Dylan Gott, John Hastings, Mad Dog Vashon getting a honor that is greater than the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, Mad Dog Vashon, only ma- best attitude appearance, era appearance of any legend. Shows up at Over the Edge 1998. Oh, yeah. Gets his, leg, his uh, false legs stolen by um, Jerry the King Lawler, and then Dick the Bruiser punches Jerry Lawler in the face. Welcome to the Attitude Era. <laughs> this is how you use legends. This is the AWA. We stole someone's leg, but Vern still pinned them both in his mind. Uh, Maurice Vachon, I'm going to say this. God, I wish he had crashed that plane when he opened the door. Do you know how much better it would be if we had been rid of Grain Gagne even then? Grain Gagne, a man I feel sorry for and still hate. That is a special, special thing when you both are like, wow, that guy had a rough go of it. Also, fuck him still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I mean, I, I'm sorry for everything that happened to him, but as far as I can live, breathe, shit, piss, come or spit, I hope Grand Gagne is not in a good way. As long as I got cum in my balls and boogers in my nose, Grand Gagne, I swear to God, I bite my thumb at you. I hate you with every rotten tooth in my head, Grand Gagne. You come across like a country club pro that's on methamphetamine. I don't like you, and I know your cockhead is wide, but the shaft is thin. I like the idea of someone who's like, oh, Lawler, I'm a masturbation addict and my teeth are rotten and I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Greg Gagne. I'm addicted to jacking it and I have various dental appointments, but I just popped in to let you know that weird dried pre-cum that accumulates at the base of your cock head when you're uncircumcised. That's better than you. <laughs> Two things about me. One, I jack off so much my shaft looks like Dusty Rhodes' forehead. Two, I'm jacking it right now. Yeah. Three things you need to know about me. I need to borrow some lube. Can I have some lube? I'm whacking it. Mad Dog Vashon probably never masturbated. How do you feel about that? I feel very good about that. This is what he would just yell at his dick and then the cum would watch it walk. Get out! And then, all right, Mad Dog. <laughs> uh, Mad Dog Masson was born in September 1st, 1929 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada uh, to Marguerite and Ferdinand. Ferdinand hated all of his 12 kids, including the 13th child they adopted. Um, and although he was a cop, he was able to like make sure that the... Um, uh, they didn't starve to death. He definitely hated them. Like he definitely hated all of his kids, and that yeah, it's too many kids. Fact, yeah, Dylan has one kid, and he said to me, "If there was twelve more of these bastards, I would not like any of them." He said that That's many true. times. Dylan has said this so many times. He goes, "I think I'm," and I agree with Dylan. Dylan is a good father. He is very compassionate about raising his child. He has also said, "If it was the 1920s and it was French Canada, and I had thirteen of these little treasures." I might be a bit stressed out. Are those your words exactly? (laughs) I said a bit. Yeah, I said a bit. I'd be a touch stressed. Yeah, yeah. You said, you know what? I'd be a soupçon anxious is what you said. Oh, I I guess you don't know. Dylan's been watching a lot of Frasier and he's turned into a real Niles. (laughs) I guess at that point. the bulldog Briscoe of the rest of the review. How? 
<laughs> I guess at this point, if you have 13 kids, the Catholic Church is just babysitting, where it's like, I think the father is, I how do I put this, interfering with your kid? And he's like, yes, whatever. <laughs> okay. He, like, he's here, here though. to beat them up. Yeah. Why didn't the kid beat them up? Uh, my name is Ferdinand, and I need to explain to you. I fucking hate Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That dog was, uh, there was attempted molestation, but then he luckily murdered the priest. A- ate the priest whole. <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog ate the priest and then played cribbage and then hung out for a bit. Also, a couple of things we learned in the research. Mad Dog Michelle loved just having a wife in a weird Midwest town. Where's your wife, Mad Dog? Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> he loved to marry a woman and then never see her again. And she's like, can I have some money? And he's like, Haha, no. The story of how he met his second wife sounds like a bit from the wrestler review, which is, uh, and this is how she tells, well, you know, Maurice was wrestling and he always had shoelaces in his trunk so he could choke his opponent and then he'd keep it in his mouth. And at one point he just spat the shoelaces at me and I thought, who's this wild man? <laughs> it's a special kind of woman who's like, is that guy five, eight covered in hair with the worst beard I've ever seen? Yeah. Time to make babies with him. Um, excuse me, can I please have the phone number of that man who is missing teeth, but seems like his eyes are both far away and very close together at the same time? <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't have a phone because he kept just throwing it at people. So you have to find him in the city he lives in and talk to him. <gasps> How mysterious. Is that a guy who looks like a kid started to draw a person with marker on an egg and then just stopped halfway through? Yes, I want to marry that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. That man just uh, tried to fight a chair. Is he available <laughs> for dating? Uh, so basically, Maurice's childhood was doing petty crime, and then his cop dad would find him, beat him up a bunch, and then send him back out. Uh, he. Like, this is a do weird story. Oh, by the way, again. Christopher Hobson is back researching, which means get ready for some yeah. very intense detail. Once Maurice left the house with 12 pigeons in a potato sack. And I, <laughs> this is so weird. And uh, during a day out, sent one uh, home telling his family not to worry that he was going to seek his fa- uh, fortune in America. Uh, this sent his mother into a panic, but his father assured that her, their son would be home when he got hungry, which happened at 11 PM. That is nice version of the story saying his dad was just like sick. One down, 12 to go. Yeah, there's too many of them. Fine. Uh, whatever Bo- like Rob Bobby Kennedy's wife, who he, he died in like whatever it was, 1960, whatever, but he had like nine kids. And when she was asked once, why do you have so many kids? And she goes, well, what if some of them die? Two died. I still have seven children. And I'm like, that's the craziest bitch. thing I've ever you're heard in my life. You're a cold ass fucking psychopath, and your husband is <laughs> so lucky got shot in the face. Yeah. It's not dogs. They are not dogs. You are not a. You are not a dog. Isn't that the crazy? <laughs> we just know, like knowing that that's a thing that she said to a journalist. Like she basically was like, "Is this on? Because I need to put some little fucking snobs on notice." <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Mo's childhood was uh, I'm calling him Mo. Uh, I literally thought you meant Mo Sislak from The Simpsons because you were wearing a Krusty Burger shirt. And I was like, <laughs> well, we are really, we have really, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we, you know what? We take sidetracks now without even talking to them. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's called the Vachon Gang, which was good because it's like, uh, what's your gang called? The 157 Alderwood Gang. Yeah. Like, okay. So they know exactly where to get you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not, the purposes of crime is not to hide. 
The purpose of crime is to break windows and then yell, arrest me, please. That's, but uh, to be fair, that's probably the only time he got to spend time alone with his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guarantee. What is the goal of this gang? And that it spend time get, with daddy. Uh, t- yeah, spend time with my dad. I mean, isn't there an easier way? No. Let's go murder this prostitute. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to roundly beat my son because it is French Canada and I'm a cop. It's just quality time with dad is what I like. Even if he is punching me, that's touching. I really enjoy, by the way, um, just people where you can clearly see what I don't know what happened in your childhood, but it was bad. For example, I was at a comedy show yesterday and someone had just watched a like a Zoom Q&A with the writer of the movie Pretty Woman. And based on what that writer has to say about women and life. He had a Ferdinand uh, Vachon style father. Apparently, by the way, what the pretty woman he wanted, which was it's the story of a whore being left at Disneyland and they ruined my words. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my thought. Here's what I wanted. for. Here's the original script for Pretty Woman. First of all, it was a sketch for an SNL and we just run over the real Julia Roberts with a car. (laughs) We just run her over and she's dead. That's the end. But they made a whole movie out of it. Assholes. You just hit a woman with a car and then she's dead. (laughs) <laughs> basically maurice uh turns 13 his dad really hates him he starts going to a ymca he becomes an amateur wrestler he is an amazing amateur wrestler he makes yeah. it to team canada uh he gets all the way to the british empire games in 1950 he travels to new zealand somehow uh and that was the end of his career with no money yeah, so poorly he got to New Zealand. They didn't enter a middleweight wrestler for another eighteen years. Yeah, he would have. He was an Olympian. He lost all his matches in the Olympics, but he was like nineteen. And exactly, the Canadian <laughs> Olympic wrestling team was just like, well, I don't want to spend money on that. So exactly what John said, and that's crazy because he he would have been the same division as Danny Hodge. And oh yeah, he goes back to fucking uh, Montreal. Works at the Beaver Cafe. You know what they got there, Dylan. Pussy. Uh, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> yo, we got meat flaps at the Beaver Cafe. Hey, what's yeah. all these purses on the wall? Wait, those are pussies. That was the song you had to sing when you walked into the Beaver Cafe. Um, and he beat up uh, the son of Quebec P- uh, P- uh, um, uh, Premier uh, Maurice Duplessis. Which is pretty crazy because Maurice Duplessis, when you say when you say core, we say rupt, core, rupt, core, rupt. When we say affiliated with the mafia causing problems that last this day to the infrastructure of Quebec, we say Maurice Duplessis, Maurice Duplessis. Basically, uh, Mad Dog Vachon has to go speak to the Canadian mafia, which are they're tough fellows, and ends up, of course, working for them because he walks in and they're like, "We hired you, right?" And he's like, "No, I'm in trouble." And they're like, "No, you're not. You." You work for us. You literally look like a thug. Yeah, that must have been. Here's a. Why did you beat that guy up? He's a fucking pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Here's 50 bucks. Like, it's just like. That's exactly what it was. So, why did you break his leg? His leg was fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like the the sense of humor that uh, tough guys have in movies. Where it's just like they'd go to a stand-up comedy club, two guys walk into a bar, and then I fucking shut them both. <laughs> That's comedy. They're I dead. I can't redeem Maurice Vachon and Vincenzo Cotoroni full made out. Like they full <laughs> were like, let's do this. And then they, it was just like, and it was just this noise. 
I would say they had sex, but neither of them wanted to be in the uh, feminine position. So they just found guys that looked like each other and had sex next to each o- next to each other while looking each other in the eyes. They refused to turn their back on one another. Yeah. They were like, you're too strong of an opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went and found other men to fuck. The- exactly. They found and proxies they- and they looked at each other in the eyes and they yeah. kept going, this is you, this is you, this is you. Yeah, yeah, that's actually called the wrestler review. That's how Dylan <laughs> of this podcast. No, the wrestler review is when you buy a fake butt at a porn shop and then try and return it the next day, saying uh, it wasn't stretchy enough, and then just get an <laughs> argument. And they're like, "I don't ha- care who you got to call. I'm returning this fake butt." Yeah, and then you look at him straight in the eyes and goes, "If you don't think that this is all part of my game, well, then I don't think you know how to work in a fucking sketch sex <laughs> shop, bro." And I want my nut back. Yeah, <laughs> there's nut in there that I didn't clean out, and I want it back. You clean that out and give me my money. Shopkeep, shopkeep, give me my cum, or you will deal with the consequences. <laughs> Listen, I had sex with this thing, and uh, there's nut in there, and I need it out. So yeah, teach yeah. me how to do that. I bought a bunch of straws for us to try to get it out with. So yeah. I need you to know this. For some reason, my new kink is getting you to help me get my nut out of this plastic butt. <laughs> it's very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking hot. Um, so uh, the mafia was friends with the wrestling uh, promoter, a man named Armand. For sure. What? So, Dylan, because it's crazy because this wrestling promoter and your son have the same first name, Armand. <laughs> yeah armand got <laughs> oh that's so good oh my god oh i want to be friends with who's who's that man just wearing a members only jacket and nothing else oh that's yeah. armand got oh, he's here yeah you can't have that long a first you have to have a really long first name with a short last name or a short first name and short last name you can't go middle that's why armand would never be I disagree. Armand is such a good name. Armand got talk it over with your wife. She'll get on board right away. She'll is be it like, name, well, with yeah. a name change? She'll be like, listen, we have to change the yeah. kid's name. She's going to change your name to Armand. Ooh, I should change my name to Armand. <laughs> yeah, you should. And just be like, actually, I'm Spanish now. No, I think. No, you just you just change. Uh, you just refer to yourself as being from mainland Europe, but you're you give no other specifications. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm from mainland from Europe. Mainland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which part? Spain? No, the mainland. Not the backup land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, not the fascist land. Okay. Ooh. If I wanted cod, I would have just thrown up. When he started uh, wrestling, he met, obviously, the people who would run professional wrestling for the rest of the 70s and 80s and whatever. Because he meets, um, one of the first people he meets is Vern Gagne. And at the Olympics he goes to, uh, Carl Gotch was actually there. I think you mispronounced that. It's actually pronounced Gogner. Oh, Gogner. Yeah. He yeah, yeah. Uh, met some. Also, who fucking names their kid Vern? I don't know. <laughs> Someone that looks at their son and goes, this guy's going to be an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> My son is going to pay people eventually, but never on time. Vern, it is. Yeah. My, my, I want my son to both have dementia and kill a guy. What do we name him? Well, Vern's the name of that kind of guy. Uh, his first professional wrestling match was May 14th, 1951 against Al Tucker. Um, he earned between $10 and $30, most of which he spent on just rocks he threw at his own dad. And he played the uh, 
he uh, ended up at the Montreal Forum by June um, 1951 against George Mann, where he earned $200. He was booked as a babyface because of his Olympic career, which basically is where he stayed at until he started uh, just having really crazy fucking matches and was seen by Don Owens. And Don Owens was just like, he's a goddamn mad dog. Oh, he was also known as the Madman Vashon earlier where when he turned heel. So Mad Dog Vashon also very smart guy. He was a really smart guy. It's so actually crazy how well thought out and protected this guy's character was. He was essentially the territory's version of the Undertaker. Like he was just like he just shows yeah. up. Everyone was like, this fucking guy. Like if people were excited to boo him, he beats up a guy and then leaves. But like 1952 to 1951 is pretty much what he's in Montreal for the first time. And he shows up. They already have Yvonne Robert being their top baby face. So being the go-getter he is, he goes, okay, well, I can't be number one. I'm just going to be basically 1B to this guy. So I'm going to leave and become a heel. And remember, this is this guy's part of the last Canadian wrestling Olympic team. So, of yeah. course, he's got, this guy's forever. This guy will be a baby face if he wants to in comfort near his family but you know what he says he says fuck that i don't fucking care about my fucking shitty family fuck them he fucking hates his shitty family he fucking Dylan. hates his shitty loser bitch family yeah yeah he know because he went when paul vachon his brother got in he kept saying you're the bitch you're the bitch and paul is a bit hard of hearing he's like oh the butcher okay thanks he's like no i just keep on i'm sure anyone with kids you imagine going up to your partner and be like there's money in Boston. And then your partner's like, what? And you, oh, you got a job there? Nope, you're not coming. And then you just fucking leave. Yeah, but the difference is, is that you saying that and Matt, like, imagine the sigh of relief that woman has. Like, baby, I go to Boston. Also, I just for no reason broke the sofa. Wait, what? what? How did you do that? I had to get a bat. I was very, it was, you made it very difficult for me to break that sofa. You hid all of the tools. I had to go to a store. And buy a bat to break the sofa. <laughs> but I did it. I broke the sofa for you. I know you wanted me to do that. I imagine Mad Dog Vachon uh, being married to him was like, as soon as he opened his eyes, he just kept saying the word breakfast until he was eating it. Just breakfast, <laughs> breakfast, 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 breakfast. I just, imagine that he was I'm actually not- a very, he was a good partner, but in the worst ways. Like, he hasn't cleaned the house, but you're like, Maurice, Maurice, why why is there just 80 wet dollars on the kitchen table? There's a fountain downtown, and they do not watch it at the night. <laughs> or he's one of those guys who gets like really thoughtful gifts, and then the person's like, wow, I guess he really does know me. But then he, they look, and he's like taking his shit on their favorite shirt. Like, why would you <laughs> yeah. do that? Like, so you don't have it anymore. I mean, uh, comedian J.J. Whitehead has a story about a Canadian comedian where in the middle of a London snowstorm, one of the worst snowstorms ever, he drove across town for an hour and a half to pick this guy up at a train station where he would have slept in the train station and frozen to death and drove him back an hour and a half just trying to get home. And then when they they got home, pulled out, the first thing that Canadian comedian did was throw a bunch of snowballs in JJ's face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had to balance out how nice the thing you did was. That's how Maurice. Yeah, of course. That's how it was sort of like how I was recently sat with a bunch of Canadians here in Los Angeles or a bunch of Americans. And one of the Canadians had recently been cheated on by his wife and said, so when I see that guy who cheated on my wife with me, cheated on me with my wife, I'm going to punch him in his face. And all the Americans were like, it's not his fault. And in my head, I was like, as a Canadian, they don't understand that you just got to punch a guy in the face if someone sleeps with your woman. That's just the Canadian move. You got to do it. (laughs) I don't. I think it's just uh, 
he just probably really was a bad husband, whoever that was. Do you know how many different discussions I've been? I've been in these discussions as you have, where it's like, this is the situation, so I got to punch that guy in the face, even though it's not his fault. And I'm like, your logic is sound here, sir. Welcome to Canada. It's unnecessarily aggressive in a very weird way. Yeah, it's like, sure, whatever. You got to do it. You got to do it. Whatever makes you feel better, especially if that hurts another person. You can put that on my tombstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why Dylan occasionally just breaks into people's houses and cuts the flesh in between the toes. Just doesn't steal anything. Just wants them to be inconvenienced the next day. Like when I saw there was a movie about Ted Bundy, and he's like, well, it made me feel better. I was feeling bad that I made me feel better. And then I turned the movie off and I'm like, oh, that man's a hero. And I just don't (laughs) listen to anything else said about him. (laughs) So that's right. So Mad Dog Vashon. We get that's a part thing we could we could cut it out, but now we have this fucking video thing for Patreon, so they're just <laughs> all these episodes before editing are two and a half hours long. They just get cut down to one hour. I think it's good. I think it's good. The Patreon viewers need to see the real restroom. This is wrestler mm-hmm. review uncut. This oh, is- uncut. This isn't the <laughs> circumcised wrestler review that you exactly. get on the regular. There you go. Yeah, I could tell. I saw the. I saw the smile. Someone had to say it. The voice of the people. <laughs> <That is good. laughs> As opposed to me, bourgeois John Hastings. You know, it's often said that bougie ass Hastings showing up at the rest review with his diamond hat and weird references to shows like Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> First marriage, Moe gets into. Lady already has four kids and then he gets her pregnant. So what's the Catholic thing to do? You fucking marry her anyway. Fuck you. Goddamn Good right. for him. Goddamn right. Marry her. Never see her again. That's yeah, marriage her. number he one married, of four. He married her and then literally got on a train and just said, and when asked, where's this going? He when told where it was going. He said, I don't even know what that is. I do also. Bye bye. Yeah. And then just. Au oh. revoir, Maris. Boom. <laughs> So <laughs> this is the great the way Hobson wrote this is great. Their first child, Movishan Jr., born October 30th, 1954. He then moved to Texas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the farthest place away? This is not a, a technically two countries. So over. good about Mad Dog Vashon. Loves his nieces and nephews. Not a fan of his son. That, that's that, like, he's that guy. He's like, it's too much responsibility. One time his son was trying to learn how to be a wrestler. Mad Dog Vashon showed up and told the Iron Sheik to break his son's leg. Break his, and apparently yeah. Pat Patterson, this was at the WWE like tryout center in the studio. And Pat Patterson is the one who tells the story. And he's just like, and I'm just watching Maurice go, break his leg. Break <laughs> his leg. <laughs> Pat Patterson also had a great quote because um, he started with Maurice Vachon. And apparently- Maurice Vachon was like the old guy that helped him out. Imagine you're the guy who's doing you favors is literally just eating a phone book. Like what the fuck is going on? So he started with, uh, and then Maurice Vachon would just went, hey, you're a really good wrestler. You're going to be great. And then Pat Patterson didn't say thank you or anything. He just walked away because he was like, I was too scared, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, hey, great job. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> also, Maurice Mad Dog Vachon got both angry at Pat Patterson for being gay and then much angrier at anyone else who didn't accept it. Yeah. Being mad at him for being gay is my thing. Yeah. That's my thing. That's exactly what Mad Dog was saying. I get to do it. I am his friend. You all respect it. They're like, Mad Dog, you literally just threw a dress in his face and then just made a lot of weird ah noises and keep playing one part of a Don Rickles routine where he explains how air conditioning works. 
That is, uh, that is, but that's like the, that's like, uh, you mentioned Rickles, but that's like Sinatra, where Sinatra would say horrible racist things to Sammy Davis Jr., and then anytime would, uh, they would receive from service, he would be like, I'm never eating this restaurant again. I'm Frank Sinatra, baby. And then he would eat also, money or whatever. Can we please go back into a world where there's just one celebrity? Because we don't have this anymore, but like Frank Sinatra was it, George Clooney is it for a while, where it's just like, Listen, enough people want to fuck this guy. He does what he pleases. What does George Clooney do? Oh, the hamster up his butt. Are we going to no, do no, that no. 90s rumor about George Clooney that's, that's did Richard an episode Gere, of ER? Oh, okay. That's Richard Gere. It was Richard Gere. I never heard the George Clooney. I just heard that uh, I heard the big rumor I heard is Colin Farrell blew Kevin Spacey to get his agent's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> uh, back to the back to like 1998. Was, was told to me by a drunk woman on a bridge while I was walking through London like one that. time. I like that. Best. You want to know why Colin Farrell's famous? <laughs> he he he's very evil in very low level ways, but the nicest man in big macro ways. Like he'd be like, mm-hmm. "Give me the sandwich, you little fuck." And then forty five minutes later, he'd return and be like, "In the eighth grade, you lost your retainer when you were on a field trip to the Natural History Museum, and here is that retainer." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's kind of messed up that his brother got into. Not messed up, but his brother is like, it's a weird thing where if he was Paul the Butcher, you're talking about Paul the Butcher. If Paul the Butcher and Mo Vachon switched talent and look like if if Maurice Vachon was as big as his brother and uh, obviously had his look and the skills, I think Maurice Vachon would have just been the NWA champion. Oh, yeah. But actually, no, because he went with the AWA, which is like he never really got that run in the NWA. He wins the NWA tag team titles or in Texas uh, five year, three years into his career. Sorry. So it's not like this but guy's not marked for excellence. It's also he's very much like he's the undertaker. He's just a over big time. Yeah. And he likes traveling. Yeah, he likes tra- what he likes is being away from his family. Get me away <laughs> from my family now. But that was in that was something that was mentioned that we didn't we glossed over, but he leaves his house with the pigeons. I don't know. We recorded this because we had internet problems, so we had to restart again. But he leaves his house with a bag of pigeons, and his dad said he'll be home with supper. He'll be home yeah. by supper. No, he'll be home he when was. he's hungry, and he came he'll back home at eleven p.m. being like, "I am hungry." Yeah. So, but the reason he leaves with the house with the pigeons because he's like, "Oh, I want to be famous and travel the world." Yeah, and he and he definitely does. Like the thing that's so nice about Maurice Vachon is it's like, yeah, he's a bit of a drunken weirdo, but he all in all is like, I want the dream, and now I have my dream. I love you. I love you, and I hate my son. <laughs> I think if this guy's around now, then he's a lot healthier because you don't have to be. And then remember, this is not even the '60s. This is the '50s. He's wrestling yeah. in, you so. You have to be your character all the time, and his character is, I'm a psychopath who will just fucking bite you. Yeah, his character is basically like, I am here. I do not like those people that usually rhyme with this move. Would someone like to buy me a Monte Cristo sandwich? I'm going to stab you in the neck. Yeah, like he get into bar fights and then take people down using his actual Olympic wrestling skills. And then once they're on the ground, he's back to being Mad Dog Vachon, the character, and he just bites and tries to take your eye out while his brother goes out of character, goes, please stop. This is real. I I can't stress this enough. His move when he is missing a fucking leg is to get Jerry the King Lawler to beat him up with the um, wrestling baby, the fake leg with the stump. 
Maurice Vachon fucks. Like he is, he's, he's <laughs> fucking this. the Vachon family. Definitely. There was no weak links in that chain. Luna, Paul, yeah, no, Moe. The Vachons are what the hearts wish they were in that the Vachons are real bad behaviors in the ring. But, you know, all in all, way less awkward than the Hart family. If you take out. Mm, no, I, I wanted to say the Hearts were like the Gretzky's, but not because no. like because obviously because of Owen. But the Hearts had a higher like they came along at a time where it was like easier and you could appreciate people more because you see them day in, day out. Mo- Maurice Vachon gets into it when it's basically like, oh, we get drunk and do the same thing over and over again. But who gives a shit? Because it's a new town every night, baby girl. Yeah, we play cards and then we fuck off. <laughs> but Maurice Vachon, also another guy who like just through happenstance, if this is 50 years, I know 50 years is a long time, but if it's 50 years later, he's just in the UFC. Yes, absolutely. He's just Conor McGregor. He's Conor McGregor's greatest opponent if he's just in the... Um... Yeah, he's just a guy who uh, he's mean and he knows how to wrestle. Like that's He's got no problem like fucking people up and he's he's not like... Whoa, th- sorry, frigging people up. <laughs> Thank you. Someone I was... Uh, uh, well, we've already mentioned specific names. Um, our mutual friend Alex Wood was like, hey, you're actually not swearing as much because I was saying frig. So I'm trying to train myself not to swear. And uh, it's like, you, why? Because I have a child. Yeah. And I don't want to be like the child's three. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the pool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of the pool, you little shit. It's time to get yeah. donuts. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to be the dad that is the character in the wrestler. Review. You don't want to be a wrestler no. review character. Father. I don't want to be Movish on. Get, the, get out of the fucking pool and I'll get you a Pepsi. Yeah. I fucking love you. You know that? I fucking love you. That was Maurice Vachon. You're a little fuck, but I fuck you. Wait, what? (laughs) No, don't say that. Don't say that. So Maurice, (laughs) Maurice and Paul in 1958 go to Stampede Wrestling because Stu Hart's looking for some Quebec lumberjacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to. uh, No, I know. It's just like, wait, what? Why didn't Maurice Vachon? Like, you imagine Maurice Vachon talking to Stu Hart and just comparing how bad of fathers they are? I'm around, but it's just to make them worse. <laughs> yeah, the thing that you, you're missing the trick, Maurice, is uh, the most pleasurable part is able to watch how your drama takes seed like a tree inside their psyche. <laughs> what you do to me is you leave, and then the uh, woman that hates you raises them, and they think you're shit. <laughs> Ooh. another uh fun quote-unquote wrestling prank here a group of wrestlers including maurice played the mabel rib where someone oh, with a gun yeah. pretends you fucked their wife <laughs> yeah do you want to know what the best version of the Ma- do you want to know what the best version of the mabel is ever mm-hmm. the spoiler don jardine's fucking a lady and someone does that to him and he just stands up and goes, I'll kick your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> the spoiler is the is the worst name it's for a guy who is such so a badass. Much, it's so much better, by the way, because he attacks that guy and was like, who put you up to this fucking prank? And they're like, it was Stan the Man Stasiak. And he was like, very good. And then he waited and still Stan the Man Stasiak was in the backseat of a car, like waiting to leave an arena and then attacked him like that, dragged him out of the car and kicked him in the balls so hard it tore his pants. <laughs> yeah yeah and now then, that's a lot of kick yeah and then by the way then like three years later he's in australia with gary hart who rests uh wouldn't have stand the man stasiak and they're walking into the hotel 
And some drunk guy is like, no whores in the hotel, referring to Don Jardine's wife. And Gary's like, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> and Gary said, Gary Hart's shoot interviews, by the way, best of all shoot interviews. goes, well, I just knew that Donald wasn't going to stand for that. And I remembered Stan the Man Stasiak. So he did the same thing to Batman he had done to Stan the Man Stasiak, uh, except he tried to do it to his head. But I, I pulled the man out of the way. And so Don got him right in the testicles. It's so crazy. It's nuts that like D- Don Jardine in real life was just like kicking the shit out of one person a day, but his character made it sound like I left all the milk in your fridge out. Yeah. Oh, oh, somewhat. I turned the temperature down on your freezer. Um, <laughs> now all those. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to eat that way, bacon they always, quick. They always say UFC killed wrestling. No, UFC used to just happen in the bars involving wrestling. Like it used to be. They yeah. would do a fake wrestling match, then head to a bar and be Conor McGregor. Like, just literally just, the double fucking chap doesn't fucking pay for drinks. Fight, fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. Definitely, you you wrestling is worse because of the UFC being around, though. If you do think about this, and I do think about it, every wrestler fight story, they really make it sound like they were justified in it. But every wrestler story, yeah. if you break it down, was they they unreasonably reacted to someone's actual criticism. That thing you do is fake. It is fake. No, it is not. I kill you now. Yeah, that's such a weird thing where it's like, if a guy gets drunk and says like, hey, is that stuff fake? You have to beat up this probably normal guy. Yeah. Just a little question. Um, Because I know uh, what you do is not in the up and up, but I really appreciate the throat rip. Quit, quit, Eyes to eyes. <laughs> but it is crazy whenever uh, Movishan would get into a bar fight. <laughs> He would take the guy down and say to him, now we're going to have some fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's hey, when the guy knew his eyes were about to be pulled out. Legitimately. Oh, got it. I love this man. I he love went into than... their eyes. Do you understand how crazy it is, if you really think about it, that this man, one of this man's longest term employers was the most boring man in the world? Yeah. Um, it's so crazy. So he would basically wrestle in the AWA and then the Quebec Montreal territory back and forth throughout most of the 60s. Uh, even having a run with the AWA World Heavyweight Championship title uh, for two weeks. Uh, and uh, then Mad Dog recaptured it once again. He had five reigns with the AWA World Heavyweight Championship, taking on Greg Gagne, uh, the mighty Igor, and Crusher Lebowski, and of course, Dick the Bruiser. Uh, his final AWA ring came in 1967 at the hands of Vern Gagne. I mean, are you shocked Vern Gagne won that belt back? Uh, and then he Are headed back to Montreal and then toured Quebec a little bit. Yeah. He's a, we he's should talk. A, a, we should take a break and then talk more. Uh, that's a good idea. I think what we also need to stress is what did he do uh, uh, after he won the AWA title? Ate the belt. No. His wife at the time gave birth to his first daughter. And you know what that means? Time to go 270 miles away to Rimouski and Trois-Rivières. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're coming to Quebec. Oh, yeah. I'm going to move home to my first family to tell them I don't love them and then do that. It's a tour of telling them I don't love them with my yeah. four families. And there's so many families I have to tell I don't like. <laughs> I have to show up. In, sometimes I don't pick up the phone. I have to tell them in person I don't love them. Salut! Je t'aime? Non. Au revoir. <laughs> a break. Now. Break my dick. I'm broken and going through a divorce. I'm a daddy now. Please donate to Patreon for Christ's fucking sakes. Give us some fucking money, you fucks. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Patreon.com backslash. John, stop sucking it. It's break. I need, uh, yeah. 
That's how I get my energy during the break. On these Zoom calls, me and John do a screen share, and then we we have a wrestler review. The Patreon money is just spent on weird OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen the Q documentary on HBO Max? You know when they get in the car and he's just watching porno? It's like that, but all the time. <laughs> I haven't seen that, actually. I listened to a podcast where a boring man digs into who actually is Q and just... He's like got a he's got he's a young man with a northern English accent and he's getting death threats from QAnon people, but he clearly just does not take them seriously. He's like, a lot of people email me and tell me I'm going to die. Well, guess what? Bring it, bitch. <laughs> and yeah. Just as like, here's who Q is. Ron Watkins, bitch. Oh, it's, Ron, it's clearly Ron Watkins. Like, it's the funniest thing. Or it's, it's like- a man wearing two cowboy hats who appears on the. Uh, weird South Asian versions of Fox News and real Fox News. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that you know who Q is, who's M? Mo Vachon, as you said, <laughs> AWA World Heavyweight Champion. And, and the fact the that Maurice champ- Vachon... the champion of not liking his families. He's the number one. <laughs> He's but- the Stone Cold Steve Austin of I'm here. I'm here to lo- I'm here to drop loads. I'm not here to love people. Think about how long. He's known uh, Vern Gagne for. He's known him for like 20 years, pretty much. They were in the Olympics together. And of course, Maurice Vachon is the one that gets to win the title back, win the title five you times in the AWA. Vern Gagne spent most of the 60s pretending he didn't know who Maurice Vachon is. Every time he met Mad Dog Vachon, he went, and you are? Um, which resulted in Mad Dog routinely just shitting on things that Vern owned. His car, dog, all of his daughters. Well, Vern, uh, Mad Dog, reason the reason he went to uh, the WWF in the 80s is not really known as because he warned Vern. He's like, well, if you bring Greg into the business, then your son will know your first name. Yeah. This is bad. Vern. Vern. They're supposed to only call you Daddy who? Yeah. They're, only, they're supposed to shout Dad as you drive quickly down the <laughs> of all the bad fathers in wrestling, Maurice Vachon is the best one. Because every other bad father in wrestling is like, well, then he became the Intercontinental Champion and then headed home to throw a bag of oranges at his kids. Well, Maurice Vachon is just like, I like creating life. I just like, I don't like getting to know it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Maurice Vachon was a bad drunk. He would always get drunk and then people would throw him because he was so drunk, and then he would forget what happened, and everyone would have a good time. He's also kind of the worst bad father, because everyone has these great stories about your dad, except for you. Yeah. Also, you don't want those stories if you're a kid. What did you do? What did you and your dad do? Well, he had a pint of whiskey, and then he just opened a bunch of doors at a museum. Yeah. Well, so we should talk about the uh, airplane incident. Oh, it's very good. So they're doing a spot show somewhere. They've taken a private plane for the main big stars while everyone else was driving. I believe the people that are in the plane are... Greg Gagne is in the plane. Greg Gagne, where is the plane? Is the plane thing's in the research? It has to be, yeah. I think it's right near the end. There it is. Um, so it was a return flight um, from Minnesota where he nearly killed everyone on board. Once the plane reached 6,000 feet. So basically what happened was... Um, so... Uh, they showed up at the matches that night where Maurice Fashon's fiance was bringing his her family for him to meet mm-hmm. for the first time. Clearly, Mad Dog Vashon did not want to do that. So the heels and baby faces each had a case of beer on ice in the locker room. He drank all of the bad guy beer before he went to the ring. Then he had a pint of whiskey before he went to the ring. Then he went to the ring, 
beat up a guy for 30 seconds, came back, drank more beer. And everyone was like, wait, you said you needed to go on early in the night, Mad Dog, because you needed to meet your family. And he was like, I don't care. I go and I want to shut up. Yeah. Then they then he like leaves, go meets his fiance's family. They're like leaving that night. Like they're not staying the night. They're leaving at like 11. So like Grey Gagne basically introduced like, I don't know how long he was with them, but basically, pardon me, it wasn't this, but someone like Jim Bronzel then just brings Mad Dog to the plane who's covered in barbecue sauce, red wine, has had a Valium and smoked a joint and is basically just like really fucked up and trying to fight everybody. And his so, uh, this is the first time in his life he'd smoked a joint. It's the first time in his life he smoked a joint, according to him. He then gets in the plane. Now, what do you think is the incident that sets him off? Can't sit down to play crib. That's right. He can't sit down to play cribbage. So he gets up and opens the door to the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on a chain, right? Because if it wasn't on a chain, yes. then everyone would have just died. Gone, it would have gone into the back engine and killed everyone. Yeah, and uh, and it was on a chain, and they have to do an and emergency I, landing, and the the pilot goes, the so we might die. Yeah, Basically, yeah. as they're landing, the pilot goes, so we might die because I have to land this on one wheel because the door's open. They landed on one wheel. As soon as they got off the plane, you're right, he just starts fighting the cops. He just starts fighting the cops, and then the cops make Greg Gagne go get him. I, <laughs> I think it was like Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Of course. By the, the way, the nicest man. If it was Brian B. Blair, Brian B. Blair would be dead, as we all know. Listen to the Brian B. Blair episode. He tries to confront his son about doing drugs, <laughs> and his son beats, beats him up. up. One of the best things. <laughs> Are you on drugs? Gagoom. I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm the real we killer were, bee, we, bitch. We recorded that episode right before Christmas. And Dylan and I, I think we're both moving from the UK at, at that time. And no, we were in. No, we recorded that in my shitty uh, living room in that uh, essentially crack house I lived in in the UK. Yeah, but I think you were leaving it at that point. Maybe. I don't know the timing, but the... Brian B. Blair has one of the best shoot interviews because... Yes, it does. Because he's everything comes down to Jesus or you being a pussy. <laughs> but he's one of those guys who like got into religion but clearly kind of doesn't believe it. He's like, but the shit I did before I was religious was fucking badass. Here's one thing I did. I owned yeah. a motorcycle. Vroom, vroom. That's what they do. <laughs> it's his friend. That's the thing is his religion is where his friends are. So he's like... A yeah. yeah. He's a Florida man who made some Florida mistakes. Florida man, he's a man. Movishon, would he have done better? Here's a here's a new question. Instead of best and worst, would he done better now or? He would have done as well as he's always doing, anywhere, yeah, anytime. Yeah, because five eight two twenty legit, he would be not small anymore. Could he be a world champion at this time, or is he just always like upper mid card main event? Short run, t- the the mankind fiend Undertaker type. Yeah, that's what he is. He's the he's a, he's the prototype of the Undertaker. He's a, a prototype of the fiend. I think now he would have short been run a, heel. He, yeah, he would have been a short run champion. But then the fans mm. would have started chanting for him at WrestleMania and then gotten very excited because he's too fun. If he had been in the Attitude Era, he would have been bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin because they just give him the microphone. Imagine who's the heel. An old man just talking about how he wants to break his kid's legs in the Attitude Era, he would have been hotter than Vince McMahon as a heel. I don't think so because he's so fun. Yeah, I think he's like I think he's like mankind, where it's like it would have been 
Because the other thing about the way he wrestles is, yeah, he gets all, all like he gets to control a bunch of the match, but like he's so clearly, especially like it, moving in the sixties and seventies, he's so clearly the underdog. It's like I can't be scared when he first comes into wrestling. He's this big solid dude who you can see as an athlete but then as it grows old it's like why am i cheering against the old man who yes he's cheating to beat up this young man but of course he has to look at him yeah because he just stops like like everyone with wrestling he just stops working out and eventually it's just like after a while it's just like now i run around on the ring that's how i work out so he's like very he's very in shape for what he has to do but he doesn't look like in shape as far as a person goes because he and it, especially even in that time, you're not slamming people that much. So you're just kind of walking around the ring, punching each other in the head, and doing headlock takeovers. Um, yes, it's also very important. The other reason why he doesn't work out is because he wants his body to always look slightly different. Because at the, by the late '60s, he's literally being chased around. Very <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he had third. His his third wife. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to this, basically the research goes like this. Mad Dog Vashon has some matches with Vern Gagne, then he drinks a bunch, then he meets a woman, fucks her, has a kid, leaves immediately, and the cycle continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's, he's traveling even throughout the 70s, of course, um, spending more time in Quebec, but still no time with his family. I know. And he like in the late sixties he tries an end run around uh Johnny Rougeau and Bob Langevin, who bought the territory. He gets a promoter's license as well, and then just rejoins the AWA for no reason. Like he's so fucking weird, and then he's like, I take over the territory. Goodbye. Wait, what why? Why would you like he's basically the mad dog of a Sean? He's like the stupid joker. Like he's like, why are you so serious? <laughs> why are you so serious, buddy? What are you doing here, man? <laughs> hey, man, why are you why are you so worried about it, man? You know, if you said less words and be more intimidating, what the fuck are you talking to me about? You want me to be you want to be my wife? I'll fucking leave. How about that? You, you fall in love with me and I'll fucking leave you. How about that? The you fucking, fucking thing about me you have to remember is that I'm I'm here to fuck. <laughs> think about me what I remember is I leave it in every time I fuck and I am super potent you're gonna have four kids they'll have big heads like me I am uh, my name is Mad Dog Maurice Vajan I am very good at um, how you say blowing big fat stinky load <laughs> he's also a weird one because he joins the right at the beginning of the Hulkamania era he joins the WWF and mostly it's just to boost their cards in Quebec because Quebec is, as we've talked about on this program, because we like wrestling, it also are aggressively Canadian. Quebec yeah, loves Quebec. So you get a oh, Quebec oh, guy right. like uh, Mad Dog and they're going to cheer like for, for, him, for him like hell and it'll boost your numbers. But it's interesting to me, In a there's a different world where he's George the Animal Steel for sure. Yeah, there is a different world where he's George the Animal Steel, but again, that George the Animal Steel is not in love with Elizabeth. He just, for some reason, has a collection of her hair. Like, George the Animal Steel... Was that, <laughs> that George the Animal Steel, um, Mad Dog Vachon, the Mad Dog Vachon-Randy Savage feud goes like this. 
Mad Dog Vachon uh, hooks up with uh, Elizabeth, and then you never see Mad Dog Vachon again <laughs> in the again. TV show. <laughs> 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 Mad Dog Vachon just shows going, up at the NWA. What I like about this as soon as you started, I was just like, I know where he's going, and I'm gonna yeah. let him. I'm let, <laughs> let, let it happen. And then Elizabeth is just all her promos are about how much she hates Mad Dog Vachon, and Mad Dog Vachon will never ever see her yeah. again. He just who? No. Oh, you, what What did I do to you? Oh, I did that? See, I have a thing. As soon as I do that to someone, I forget. Yeah, I've trained the it. With my, the, I, my, uh, I was talking to a doctor named Dylan Gott. He diagnosed me with giant fat load syndrome. So when you get fucked by me, your loads are so big, I lose brain fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the greatest thing I've ever heard in wrestling was in 1987, he lost his leg. And he received over 4,000 letters of support, and he was known to be complaining in the hospital that he'll never get people to hate him again. It's pretty great. It's also, how did he lose his leg, Dylan? Uh, Ex-wife bear trap. That's right. <laughs> Looney Tune style ex-wife bear trap. Yeah, That's yeah, how that happened. An, an Acme bear trap uh, placed subtly in front a bunch of whiskey and sandwiches just by a roadside. What is thee? <laughs> and I think one of the great things about the fact that WWE does have a Hall of Fame is he got honored in 2010 as a member of the WWE Hall of Fame because they top-loaded their first classes too much and now have to just honor territory, guys. It's so good. It's also so good that when he, for some reason, gave a speech at Over the Edge 1998, he specifies uh, people always come up to me and... Does, uh, and <laughs> Still, still leaning into the beauty part there, bad dog. Like that, I think you don't know what part is creepy. I do. They think she's my daughter. She's my niece. It's okay to be attracted to your niece. <laughs> I'm Mad Dog Vachon. Uh, I'm Catholic and French. That's fine. Yeah. Um, on behalf of niece, um, my name is Mad Dog Vachon, and I have three times seen promoter Don Owens piss in a woman's mouth. Who knows more about the law here. So if you guys have any more, and I'm sure there, there's so many Mad Dog Vachon beating guys up, uh, Mad Dog Vachon, like purposely, this was something just, we didn't mention, but purposely trying yeah, to do, right. uh, sorry, cause riots, like, yeah, which is, they used to be like, oh my God, if there's a riot in the 50s and Mad Dog Vachon would be like, no, they've, that's my goal. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, want no, to no, hurt you, people because if you, they try to hurt me, I get to hurt them. The thing with Mad Dog is this. I am. Uh, my purpose is to create chaos. You know, yeah. when a truck full of soldiers gets blown up, they just say, well, that's progress. Well, I say, why so serious? <laughs> Bad dog Rashawn working through a crowd of people riding, yelling, you're my dad and ripping their eyes out. You're my dad. <laughs> you're my dad. Are you Ferdinand? Are you Ferdinand? <laughs> <laughs> um, best thing about Mad Dog Rashawn, John Hastings. Um, I think he's uh, one of the most indelible wrestling characters of all time. My, see. my name yeah. is Mad Dog Vachon. I tell you how I got these beards. My father was a drinker and a fiend. And the one night he goes off crazier than usual. <laughs> Mummy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself, which is stupid. You can't go at the man with knife when you have ki uh, he's in the kitchen. He doesn't like that. Not one bit. So me watching, he takes the knife to her laughing while he does it, turning to me and says, why so serious, Mad Dog? Uh, he comes at me with a knife. Why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth. He put. He says, let's put a smile on that face. And I say, why so serious? Which is now why I have beard to cover up scars Ferdinand gave to me. That's your favorite thing? 
talking about Mad Dog Bashan is um, I'm going to say he's the the most he- best looking heel of all time. That guy yeah, looks he- like a fucking cartoon evil walrus. Yeah, he's um, no matter I'm what sorry, time, the, the, he'll know, never be. I know, uh, is, I know this is not a good thing. I find it amazing. He married and impregnated four different women and does not like having families. I it love it. Three so different. Much. Oh, I thought it was four. But he he married four. He was married four different times. No, this was his final wife was in 1980, and then was he like lost three? his leg, so he could not run anymore, and he was very sad. He got old, so he had to sit down for meals, and he was like, "Actually, this is pretty good. I don't know why I wasn't doing this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually met one of his kids, and he was like, "You seem all right." And then his kid was like, "Wait a minute, you, you look like me." Like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Are you me? <laughs> <laughs> you look like me. That's pretty fun, huh? Yeah, can you can you take a shit for me so I can keep watching the television? <laughs> I can't tell if our Mad Dog Vashon is the smartest man ever or possibly the stupidest man ever. I think he's the dumbest. He's both very much able to run away from pregnant women, but basically doesn't understand what children are. Yeah, he doesn't understand the ba- he just children bad. Yeah, I don't like them. They smell. My favorite thing about Mad Dog Vashon is his uh, his nickname. And uh, I think that between him and Butcher Vashon, I don't know, man. I think that uh, even Madman, I think that the nicknames for wrestlers peaked in the 60s and 50s. Really, like, well, because they took they, all the good ones. That was the best. Yeah, it's true. It's also now like everyone loves like weird, different nicknames. Like he's the Alabaster Salmon. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. It's too much like not too much, but I do no, get why Cornette kind of pines for this time where it's like, yeah, it's fake, but the people actually are tough versus now where it's like, if someone's big, they're still like us where they're just baby shit soft. Yeah, that's very true. The problem is, is that nerds have t- when nerds have took over wrestling to the point that the like basically just like dudes that fo- their photographs are in the security offices of malls and casinos no longer feel safe in wrestling. And the problem with that is you don't get the really fun characters for content for podcasts. Like the Daniel Bryan episode of this podcast is going to be very boring. He was vegan. He was good at wrestling. They were kind of mean to him. It then worked out. Yeah, it worked out because he was too nice. Just like the Seamus episode. The Seamus was fun, but like think about how much more material we have to go on, even though Seamus's career is like how much more Seamus has done televised and we know about the storylines in his career than Mad Dog Vashon, even though Mad Dog's career was so long, but it's made way easier to talk about Mad Dog because he got in a ton of fights and got hammered versus Seamus, who was like, oh, you know, I am Irish. I mean, it is, and it is Thursday, so I guess I'll have one margarita. Oh, hello. I just like the sugar. Yeah. It's, uh, Mad, well, Mad Dog Vashon literally uh, thought keto was something he got from a woman he met in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah i think the worst thing about mad dog vashon is he was a bad father what do you think yeah John? That, i mean i i agree with you but that's so funny it's so funny how bad of a father he is though and probably him as a husband it's tied i guess i just it feels so crazy how bad of a father he is in like a beautiful way <laughs> there's no way you can actually be that bad of a father and he's like oh you don't know shit bro yeah no, physically abuse is terrible. What I do is I don't know their names. That's what I do. The thing with me, and it's important to know that, is uh, I, my their despair is my fuel. <laughs> and on that, we're going to fucking goddamn stop now. 
Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Review, so you can see how ugly we are in person. For $10 a month, you get the video feed. $5, you get access to exclusive episodes and episodes ahead of time. And for more money, you get to select who we review on the Patreon feed. Next week on the main feed, we'll be doing The Renegade. Sad times. So excited. Here's how the renegade came about, everybody. Dylan said, "Who do you want to do?" And I said, "The renegade." And then I said, "Oh no!" He died so tragically. The ultimate warrior, but sadder. So yeah, the renegade, 1994's WCW answer to the Ultimate Warrior, because the Ultimate Warrior wasn't around anymore, and they were like, "How about we get a guy who's shorter and fatter?" Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior was around, but let's put it this way: you did not want to talk to him. <laughs> just like you never would in any situation. Okay, Dylan Scott, just to end yeah. the episode. Yes. Ultimate Warrior Mad Dog Vashon, which one do you, would you think is a better father? Oh, would you think? You'd think it would be tied for bad, but Ultimate Warrior actually a good father. It's just what he was instilling in his children. Literally that, evil. I'm going to say Mad Dog Vashon, better father, because not knowing anything about your dad and knowing what the warrior are going to teach you, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> So join us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. Like, join do you us. understand how many times Dana Warrior has had to do this? I know that I just I'm playing it out in my head and it's very funny. It's just <laughs> one of her daughters goes like, "Oh well, um, there was a Jewish kid in my class, and so I just threw a bunch of onions at him because and garlic because they hate that." And you know, daughter, that's vampires. Don't don't listen to your dad. Yeah. So when they try to explain homosexuality in a class. Warrior's kid was like, oh, this is when I start stabbing my brain because if I hear about them, then yeah. it corrupts. Uh, teacher, is this when I'm supposed to start throwing up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he told. That's why he said uh, he threw up because of Papa Shango, because Papa Shango was gay. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Ultimate Warrior thought all people wearing makeup were gay. And then someone pointed out he was wearing makeup, and then he just didn't wrestle for a couple of years. He's like, I gotta go. My dad's dead. <laughs> yeah, and also had a, he had a, what, a university above a bowling alley? Oh, yeah, the, the Warrior U, Distrucity, baby. Distrucity, motherfuckers. Thank you so fucking piece of shit fucking much for listening which one did i oh we're on tiktok now but uh it's just me posting minute-long clips and then uh, in the comments people going do you think it's real <laughs> so that's really uh, fun actually minute-long porno clips i should say. oh yeah sorry um it's minute-long uh money shots oh cool yeah it's just the end of porn is what I'm posting. I love po- I love posting a bunch of ends. And then uh, you can get John on Twitch, the John Hastings yeah. comedy. Yeah. At Dylan Gott on Twitter and Instagram, at the John Hastings Twitter and Instagram. And the show is done now. We'll be back next week with The Renegade, a, a story of a man who beat Arn Anderson, then committed suicide. Isn't that yeah, fun? Yeah. Arn Anderson, no alibi for this, but the note was signed Arn Anderson. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, Brian Anderson forgot, murdered again, and then signed his own name. Well, it's yeah, only yeah. honest if you say you did it. Yeah, I committed suicide, me, Arn Anderson, the renegade. <laughs> Wait, Wait whoops. Wait a minute, the, the renegade's name was Arn Anderson? Um, 
Let me tell you how crime works here in Atlanta. We kind of just let the guys from WCW just do whatever they want. <laughs> Hardbody Harrison was in here the other week, and he had some crazy story that he said he did, but we don't believe it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's this guy who just wands around in a glittery robe just showing his full penis to service staff of, of wide varieties. You don't arrest that guy. <laughs> Next uh, week, Renegade. Bye-bye.